In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. Reasons, the Lakers podcast, part of the Forum Club here on the Athletics NBA Podcast Network. I'm Bill Orem, joined by Brett Dawson and Augie. Brett, what's going on? Uh, not much. Augie is uh, sleeping on the couch. He does not sleep well at night, so he sleeps quite a lot during the day because uh, has to wear a cone at night. Had a little surgery, so uh, struggles with the cone and sleeping. So th- that is your update on my foster dog's sleeping habits. Augie the doggy. Brett, uh, you've been watching a lot of TV this week, I think, huh? Uh, I have. I've watched a whole lot of TV. I watch a lot of TV every week during uh, this pandemic, but I actually got paid to do it um, this week because I was digging through. We did a sports and TV week at The Athletic, so there were a bunch of stories. A lot of really good stories if you're interested in reading about sort of the intersection of, of sports and entertainment. Um there's quite a bit of even some stuff that's Laker related that we didn't write. So, um, but what I was doing was jumping into just TV appearances, kind of cameo appearances or guest spots uh, by by Lakers players either during their playing careers or or guys who became like uh, Rick Fox or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, after their basketball careers did a whole lot of acting um, and, and particularly have done a lot on television. So it was fun. It was it was actually. It was a lot of research, but it was, you know, it's the fun kind of research. You're just sitting there watching a television show. But it was strange to kind of like pop into shows that you have never seen before and then watch an episode with a Lakers player in it and try to figure out what the hell is going on on this television show. And the greatest example of that was the James Worthy on Star Trek The Next Generation. I've never seen an episode of that show. It was it was a thing. I mean, so what was um when I heard that this project was happening, the very first thing I thought of was the Air Jesse episode of Full House, because like that just hit me in. The, in I mean, to borrow from the episode, like that was my sweet spot of TV. Um, and for if you haven't seen it, Jesse, Uncle Jesse, who is not an athlete by any measure, is um, roped into a three on three tournament. And he can't play basketball. He can't shoot until Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wanders onto the court in San Francisco, by the way. Why would Kareem be in San Francisco? Don't know. But. He comes on the court and basically like gives Jesse some words of inspiration. He ends up finding that he has a sweet spot on the court and um, the, he can't miss from this one spot on the court. But then when it, during the game and it turns out Kareem is the referee for the game. Maybe that's why he was in San Francisco. Um, he can't get to his, his spot on the court and he ends up making the game winner from somewhere else. But anyway, that's that was literally the first one I what? thought of. What a thrill. I've never seen it. Uh, still haven't seen it, uh, despite my research uh, for this project. Um, well, Gina let, me, Mize- let me, and that's, I was going to get to that, but yeah. yes, Gina Mizell, who covers the Phoenix Suns for us, wrote a great story about it. She talked to the, 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 
the woman who wrote the script, the, the teleplay for that episode, and it's very much worth your time. But the other piece of trivia that um, – this is this this is this episode has gotten a lot of play on the athletic during the pandemic because if you remember the oral history that Nicole Auerbach and others did on Air Bud, there was it alluded to this episode because Air Bud played Comet in the part of the episode where um, Comet the Tanner's dog makes a shot um, before Uncle Jesse like that the dog is a better basketball player than Uncle Jesse it's because the dog that was in Air Bud Buddy. Uh, was um, was brought in for that scene. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I actually sort of um, I sort of intentionally avoided this Kareem episode of Full House just because you know it's a thing. I've never seen Full House. Like I don't want why, why mess up a perfect game. I mean, or an imperfect game. Well, however you want to look at it. Being quarantined with people, you uh, you learn a lot more about them, and some of that is how they smell. And if you are a man and you're looking to smell good. You've got to check out Hawthorne. I got some of their soap, body wash, deodorant, and lotion in the mail in a package. Really, a beautiful package. And it is great. got this giant bar of soap that I've been using. It not only exfoliates, but it makes your, your skin just smell and feel so good. It's easily the best soap I've ever owned. And I've owned a lot of different soaps, but this is easily the best soap. And it's a great gift for Father's Day. So they've got cologne, they have soap, they have all kinds of body wash and lotion, and they have like hand cream and things like that that'll just make you smell great. And I think one challenge that, that men have is when you walk into a store, maybe you're going to find cologne, maybe you're going to find a good smelling soap. I don't know what I'm looking for, and I'm sure that you guys don't either. And so Hawthorne makes it super easy. You take a two minute, two minute quiz, when you get onto their website, that's hawthorne.co. When you go to their website and you take the quiz and it actually asks some like random questions and some questions specific to you and it kind of spits out this algorithm that gives you your kind of soap and your cologne scent, which is really cool. And it is so helpful to me because I don't want to have to choose that. <laughs> I really don't care about choosing what it is, but Hawthorne does it for you and it does it right. So, listeners... Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E dot C-O, not dot com, Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code down to dunk to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code down to dunk to get 10% off of your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Yeah. Okay. So, Brett, let's talk about the shows you did deign to watch. Um, yeah. What, there was I, I particularly loved the um, reminder of hang time with with uh, Kobe yeah. and a very young Anthony Anderson. Um, what, what what were some of the others that you highlighted? Uh, so the Kobe has so many. I mean, Kobe had been in a lot, and it's funny when I went to Kobe's IMDb page at first. IMDb is a little inconsistent with the way they list things. So you can be listed as actor, listed as self. And sometimes you're listed as actor, even though like Kobe could be playing the role of Kobe Bryant, but he would be listed at that would be listed as an acting credit. And then in, at other times it would be a self credit. So I first went and looked at his acting and I was like, I can't believe Kobe has done so little acting. Um, but then you get down into the self and he's done a ton. So I think I put three Kobe shows in there, uh, one for pure nostalgia purposes. Hang time is a show that I do kind of remember. I didn't watch it a lot, but I do remember it. And it, it launched Anthony Anderson, which is a, an odd thing. Now he's like still a guy. Um, but 
the other two, Moesha, I think is the one that to me is that's like the most Kobe. He's not playing Kobe Bryant, but he's playing like a high school basketball star who's debating whether he's going to go pro or go to college. And it, he says as an SAT controversy and all this stuff. Um, and also because obviously, you know, like he went to the prom with Brandy, they had a relationship of some kind. And so like, it was, that was a cool thing, kind of a trip down memory lane. Um, it, it felt really relevant to Kobe's young life. This idea that not only did he play a basketball star, but it was with this, this huge celebrity at the time who he had this relationship with. And then for just pure weirdness, uh, that episode of bet, the Bette Midler show he did that I did not know. I had no idea that Bette Midler had a show called Bet that was basically like a network toned down version of something like Curb Your Enthusiasm, where she is playing a version of herself, uh, a famous actor and singer and hijinks ensue. Um, that I had just had no idea it existed. And so I wanted to include it just because it was so weird and also very readily available on YouTube. I just wanted to point out, because I don't think I hit this point hard enough in the story. And we, you know, we, you mentioned the what ifs. We, we wrote about uh, Shaq and Kobe this week um, as, you know, kind of the what if on the 2004 title that the, the Lakers lost to the Pistons. What I did think was funny about the TV thing I did, the weirdest thing is that, you know, I mentioned that Kobe was on the Bet show and Bet is like a kind of a, kind of a, uh, curb light. It has like an element of curb enthusiasm where Bette Midler is kind of playing herself. Um, and the episode that Kobe's in, Bette Midler hurts him before the game and he can't play. They get trounced by the Knicks of all teams. Um, and the, 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 what happens from there is different, but like the next season of Curb, Shaq is in an episode of Curb where kind of the same thing happens. He's getting ready to check into a game and Larry trips him. He gets hurt. And then from there, very different. But it was just funny to me that like the uh, the Shaq Kobe plot lines were so similar on these two shows that were not similar in the sense that Curb is one of the all time great comedies and Bet is Bet and it lasted eighteen episodes. But like the fact that they were in such similar plot situations, less than a year apart, sort of sort of gave me a chuckle. What does that say about um, What does that say about Hollywood and our uh, and the writers who? when they have the opportunity to set something at in, in a, in a sports arena, um, that, 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 the plot, uh, that they, there's only so many plot ideas. Yeah. I wonder if that's happened. I wonder how many times that's happened. Um, independent of Shaq and Kobe, like I wonder how many times the sports cameo is like, Oh no, the athlete has been injured by our, our hero. Well, I mean like even like the, the one where it's like, Oh, you guys are hustling my kids in hang time, and and it's like, well, I got a friend here who wants yeah. to play, and then it's like in walks in walks um, uh, Kobe Bryant. It's, it's right. like I feel like that was in Family Matters with Grandma Ma. Yeah, it's just I, I just yeah. think that the idea that it's like ah, oh, we got room for one more, and in walks like some nineteen foot tall NBA player, and the and the live studio audience goes. <gasps> Yeah, and, yeah. The, and, and, and the other team's like, "Whoa, whoa, that's not fair. That's Manute Bull, and it's <laughs> yeah. and we're off to the races." This is, this is like exactly the Kobe scene in Hang Time. I mean, this is like you're describing exactly the the way it plays out. I, part of it probably right is just that like your your inclination when you have these guys, they're not actors, so you're going to have them play themselves. And if you just have them play themselves, there's only so many different scenarios where your everyday character can interact with them. Um, and so you you probably feel a little limited, but I did feel like, so like the thing with Rick Fox, Rick Fox was in, 
you know, the, some of the ones I picked for him, he's not playing himself. Uh, in one of them, he's, he, one, one, he is playing himself in Party Down. Um, he's in an episode of the show iZombie where he does not play himself. He plays somebody very similar to himself, a great former college player who also was a good NBA player, and but very different in the sense that he was involved in a point-shaving scandal and maybe murder for hire. So a little different. Um, but like you could do some different stuff with Rick Fox. You're kind of limited when you have, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. There's only so much uh, you're going to be able to do there. See, I disagree. I think Shaq, I mean, Shaq, as we learned in well, Kazam, has a lot of range. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but, that's true. It's hard to make Shaq believable as like some other guy, though. Like it's you, hard to. I, I, this, I'm now I'm now I'm now I'm now getting my second win for this podcast. Let's look at the current Lakers roster. Who okay. are the guys that you would most want to cast in your sitcom as for a cameo? And what guy would be just terrible? Like, what guy do you not want? Well, you want LeBron because LeBron is funny on camera. That's yes. like, that's like the LeBron is legitimately good in Trainwreck. He's like one of the genuinely good parts of that movie. Um, and so he's like a no brainer that you want him. Um, I think Dwight probably is such a ham that I think Dwight could be good, right? Mm -hmm. You think? I think Dwight would be good. I think, I'm, I'm going through the list. I don't think there are that many guys who wouldn't be good. Like, I think, I think Caruso would, would be, would be good. Yeah. Especially, if, uh, I think, you know, if he was like some sort of hustler or something like that, you know, kind of leaning into his, his, you know, guy who doesn't look like an NBA star. Um, I think AD would be good. Um, cause, AD's cause I, AD's done a little. Because I think right. AD Barbershop. is dry. I think AD, like dry AD, like actually could be very funny. Um, yeah. Rajon Rondo I, could go either way. Rondo, by the way, told us, and you never know if Rondo's being serious or not. So like, I literally have not been able to fact check this. I don't know if it's true. But he told us last year, or this year, this season in Atlanta, that he was supposed to have a cameo in Uncut Gems with Kevin Garnett but that he missed his flight on the morning he was supposed to fly to wherever they were filming and he didn't want to pay the money for a private jet so he missed his like his big acting debut um rondo yeah. by the way to me seems like a guy who like it would be all based to me my guess is all based on how game he was for what it was if he was into it i think rondo could be pretty good yeah and if he was doing something to get a little cash and didn't care about it i think he could just be awful um i I, I, I need to see more from Danny Green and Avery Bradley before I believe in them as uh, darlings of the silver screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, KCP is so uh, quiet. I'm not sure KCP is your guy, but you never know. Sometimes the quiet ones, you know, they're hiding some some pretty deep stuff. So You know, it's interesting because I, like, I feel like KCP is like the guy you could get to do your show, but right. then you'd come in and like the lines would be just like very like, like, um, Hello, hello, Mister Mister Winslow. I'm 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 here to pick up your daughter. Right, like when a, when an actor is acting like a bad actor. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could see it. I could see it coming across that way. Yeah, uh, it's, that, just, that it's just it's just. I mean, and, and uh, we're just. I mean, we're just talking about guys. This, this, basically, we're just judging this off of guys and their personalities in, in different in different settings. And 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 I think I think what you said of Rondo is true of all of them. Like, how much are they willing to buy into whatever yeah. their role is? Um, like Javale yeah, would be obviously, very like, good. Jared Dudley. See, like Jared Dudley to me might almost almost would be like he's just so good like in real life that it's all almost like I would not be as interested yeah. in seeing him in a sitcom if that makes sense. I agree, and also I could see Jared Dudley like I could see Jared Dudley in a writer's room 
where you're bouncing off some ideas. I could see, because Dudley's had such a, like if you were writing, if you wanted the guy to be an NBA player, like I think Jared Dudley would be a great guy to have in your writer's room to talk about scenarios that would be like, you'd be like, hey, I've got this idea where this guy gets injured by our main character. I feel like Jared Dudley could be the guy that says, hey, like that's played out. Let's try this and like legitimately have an idea. Yeah, because, be helpful. Because he's been so, he's played in the league so long. He's also like really inquisitive and like he's also... I think more so than a lot of players, he's very open about what happens right. behind the scenes. Like he doesn't share everything, but like you did a Q and A this year with Jared Dudley, where you asked him his least favorite teammate, and he answered the question. So like, right. I, I think like he'd be great for that kind of thing. That's a guy I would want in my writers' room. Yeah, it's true. I think we've touched on almost every player on the roster, right? I have no idea what Dion Waiters would be would be whether he'd be good. Because uh, JaVale, I, did we say JaVale? Ja, 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 I said JaVale would be good. I okay. Be yeah, good. I think JaVale's weird enough to like to be kind of game for just about anything. And I could see JaVale being in some like real interesting kind of quirky stuff. Yeah. Markeith Morris? Uh, that's, you know, that's a good question. I, it doesn't seem like Markeith's kind of thing. He's a man of few words, relatively speaking. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe. That, that's a tough one. Um, I've, I've been around Markeith briefly in two different stops but never spent a lot of time with him so it's hard to get a real feel for what that would be like tell you what Darren Collison would have been great but oh Mrs. Chance well for now you never know that is true all right I think we've gotten everybody I think we've gone through this Frank Vogel obviously would be a would be a movie star we didn't we didn't we did by the way we left out Quinn Cook which I feel bad about I think Quinn oh, Cook it actually too. probably would be good. Quinn, Quinn, Quinn Cook would, would, would be, good would be really it. good. It's like he's the dude I could see being on like like literally like on hang time. Like if that show were yeah. back, it'd be like it'd be like, man, I got I got my I got my my guy here. It's like that's Quinn Cook from the Los Angeles Lake. Yeah, he'd be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That would work. Uh, and what what didn't make the cut, Brett? I mean, if Bet makes the cut, what didn't? Well, so for example, Modern Family, which is probably the most popular show Kobe was ever on. I mean, I assume the, that more people saw the episode of Modern Family with Kobe than saw these others combined. Um, that was just, you know, he really, he appears, he's like, you know, he's, he's getting ready to run out on the court at Staples. He has a quick interaction with Phil and then moves on. And it just didn't feel, the, the other parts, um, he's only in one scene of hang time, but it's like a cool scene. He plays basketball, um, you know, and he plays basketball with Anthony Anderson. It's cool. Um, the modern family thing is, it's really just sort of a, it is a very gratuitous cameo. He does nothing. He contributes nothing to the plot of the show. So like that one, for example, didn't make it in for Kobe. And there's, and there's a bunch. Kobe sort of just showed up in a lot of stuff. So I was looking for stuff that was one, I could find it either streaming or YouTube so that I could see it. I only wanted to write about stuff I had seen uh, or could see. Um, and then it, just some stuff that felt kind of important to the episode that it was in. One of my all-time favorite Kobe cameos, he's not even actually in. It's not really a cameo. But I was uh, during during the pandemic, I've been re-watching the first two seasons of Alias, which is a show that I loved but got so bad after a while that I stopped, you know, I stopped caring about it. But the first two seasons kind of tell one story, and they're very good. And there's an episode that just constantly refers to Kobe um, to, to great effect. It's just like Kobe is a big presence in the show. I actually almost included that, but there was no way to do it. He wasn't actually in the show. Have I ever told you about the time Kobe and I... Um both had a cameo in a feature film. Was that uh, the Will Ferrell movie? It was the Will Ferrell movie. Daddy's Home, uh, Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. And we were in New Orleans. I mean, first of all, this is a terrible movie, if you've, if you've seen it. Um, <laughs> not. It's a really atrocious Will Ferrell movie. Um, but the premise is, I mean, it doesn't even matter what the premise is, but, like, they're huge basketball fans. 
or the kid's a big basketball fan, and it's like, okay, let's just go to the game, and all of a sudden, it's like they're going to the game in New Orleans. Like, I have no idea. Like, there was nothing about the the the, the movie that suggested it was be it was set in New Orleans, but. We show up for the for a game in New Orleans, you know, whatever year this was, 2014, 2015, and there's a lot more trucks there than normal. There's a lot more cameras around. It's like, oh, they're, Will Ferrell's filming a, mov- a movie at halftime, and there's a scene in the movie where Will Ferrell, like, stumbles onto the court. Um, he's Or he's called on... I'd have to go back, but, like, he's called on to, like, shoot a half-court shot or something, but then he throws the ball and hits somebody in the head, hits the ref in the head, and it's just chaos. But there's one, like... And, and, and before the, the game, uh, the kids get to meet Kobe in the hallway, whatever. But there is one part where they kind of pan the whole crowd. And if you were watching it with me, I could show you where you can kind of see the, the smudge that is my red shirt. Interesting. So, no, I mean, are you, so, so are Kobe you, and I co-starred. Are you playing um, a reporter, Bill Orem, or are you like in the stance? I, I was I was I was I was playing a reporter. I was in okay. it was it was back when we had courtside seats in New Orleans or second row seats in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh that's when I was covering uh the Pelicans probably that might have been that year actually. Was it Kobe's last year? No, it okay. was the and because the I'm, the additional like memorable element of that game is that Kobe ends up tearing his rotator cuff during that game. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so he dri- drives baseline and then he's like shooting you know, shooting left-handed and very weird, very weird game. Do you think of yourself in that role as like, are you Bill Orem or are you like some other, you know, some other reporter who just like has a different name and like a whole different life? You know, I, I guess I haven't gotten that far with it. I mean, who, I don't I don't know. So you don't have a process then. You're just kind of showing up. I mean, really. it was, I, I felt like I, was, I felt like I was playing myself. OK, so you're like, what would Bill do right now? It's pretty easy to figure out. He'd like watch the game, maybe tweet. I'd be sitting there, you know, mildly um, interested in the guy shooting the half court shot. But yeah. then, as soon as he started like taking heads off, I would get more interested. Yeah, yeah. You would have yeah. tweeted probably, like a joke of some kind. Probably. I think yeah. that. I, so there's like a there's like a Kobe reel on YouTube. So I did watch a little of that scene the other day because I was I was only looking for TV. But I did. That scene is inserted in the middle of like the YouTube video that has the 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 the, the clips from like Bet and Hang Time. So I watched a little of it. So that's how much I've seen of that movie. It was it was definitely the highlight. Okay, Brett. Enough about TV and movies. We've lost our audience, our film audience. Um, the other thing we did this week, we uh, talked with the Kamenetsky brothers, our colleagues, friends, um, our Balder brothers. Um, about what the potential, drumroll please, return to basketball scenarios might look like for the Lakers in Orlando. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of reporting done um, by various outlets, including some great work by Sam Amick, Sham Sharania, about um, the possibilities uh, of of what this could look like. A one through sixteen playoff format has been has been suggested. Um, the possibility of a twenty team setup. Um, what Brett do you think would be the best case scenario for the Lakers if this thing gets up and running sometime in the near future? The the best scenario for the Lakers, just because of the way the seating would fall, is is to seed it one through sixteen. I mean that that's that's the most favorable set of matchups, just because 
uh, if you just took the eight Western teams, the eight Eastern teams, and then seed them one through 16 without regard for conference, you know, they get the Nets in the first round. They get the Rockets earlier, and I do think that's notable. They'd probably play the Rockets in the second round because the Rockets would play the Jazz uh, in a first-round series, and, and the Jazz being what the Jazz are, I think we would expect the Rockets would win. You'd probably have to face the Rockets uh, whereas you might avoid them. And the small ball thing is, you know, intriguing and a little dangerous maybe. Um, but just the fact, just the simple fact that you'd get the Clippers over onto the Buck side of the bracket, to me, right. that's the most favorable. What you don't want to have to do if you're one of the three contenders is beat two of the other contenders. And look, this is going to be such a weird playoffs. Maybe there are more than three contenders, but I think we would all concede that there are three teams that are a little bit above everybody else. The Bucks, Lakers, and Clippers are just just ahead above everybody. So if you could get to the title and only have to beat one of those teams, that's advantageous. I don't – I think you agree with me on this. I don't see a lot of logic behind going 1-16, to 16, but I think it's, it would be the most favorable setup for the Lakers. Yeah, I agree. And I, mean, I, I don't like it for Milwaukee, frankly, because there's not – you're getting punished for being the top seed. Essentially, yeah. as opposed to you know the Lakers with the second best record end up avoiding the Clippers, and it, it just I, I I like experimentation, I like um, you know creativity, but the 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 fact is that all and we we wrote this, we did a roundtable on this, you know this point was hammered many many times, but if you're going to go one through sixteen, the um, there is a big logistical hurdle, and that's and that's the travel, and this year obviously. You um, you avoid that, but why put it in place if it's not something you're going to try to replicate in the future, or at least you know take some pieces of? And you're going to find yourself you know in a normal year, whenever we get back to a normal year, um, completely um, back in the, you know facing the same problems that you were facing in the beginning that kept the league from going to a one through sixteen format. Yeah, that, that to me it's like. You know, if the Lakers play the Nets this year, well, great. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, you don't. You don't have to cross the country uh, for them to play each other. But next year, you would have to if the same situation rose. So, are you prepared to do that? Do you want to be playing these games this way, where where you could have complete cross country travel in the first round, and then you know you continue on into you know you, you could conceivably get into scenarios where a team from one coast is playing every series against somebody over on the other side. And your entire playoffs is these long travel situations. Now, look, I'm not one of those people who thinks, you know, as as one of my old bosses used to say uh, about about pro sports travel, they're not taking the train to Vancouver. You know, it's like this is not the hardest way to travel. But still, um, it's a lot of miles. It's it's there's a timing element there. There's there's a there's just a, um, you know, in terms of building, building days off, travel days, all that sort of stuff. It just gets a little more complicated. So to me. I don't know why you'd do it as a one-off unless, you know, you were just saying, yeah, we're comfortable doing this in the future. Well, I think it also just makes it a little easier to, you know, it's it, it, because then Memphis isn't the last team in, right? Like, so therefore, it's like it's easier to draw the line at 16 and cut off the teams that are out because you have, um, you know, you have, you don't, you don't have the same race for that 16th spot that you do in the West with, you know, four teams that are kind of within striking distance of the eighth seed. It looks, it looks cleaner. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And so like, to me, that's the one, that's the easy one if you want to change, because it's not a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. To me, I guess I feel a little bit lame because I just think like, th- isn't this enough? Isn't the fact that we're probably going to play this at Disney World in front of no fans, like, isn't this going to be different enough 
that that we don't really need to to play around this year? Well, and it, it, it's yes, I agree with that, and also that you know we've written and talked about the asterisk debate, and and I think that we mostly agree that there isn't such a thing as an asterisk, and this season, you know, in many ways, you know, is is going to be more of a testament to a team's resolve and fortitude and strength rather than it being some fluke to actually persevere and win a championship this year. But the more you change about the format, the more you open yourself up to criticism down the road. You know, the, the weirder, you know, that it gets, you know, I think invites, you know, more room for something strange to happen or for people to say, well, that championship was won in these, you know, absurd conditions where right. where the where the rules of the game or the structure of the of the, of the postseason weren't even you know comparable. Not just they were adjusted to um, compensate for for the circumstances, but they, it, it was a completely different um, set of rules, like playing playing football on a pickleball court. Right. Well, it's especially if what you do is like so. Let's say they went the most radical one is the World Cup style yes. you know, group group play. So let's say they do that this year. And then they say, you know what? We didn't like that. We're never doing that again. Well, then, yes, this is an asterisk season. You're playing a playoff format that's never before and never since been played. You do have to denote that your champion is different. And I'm not saying it necessarily reduces it. I I hate that format. But, I mean, it would be a valid format if they decided it was something they wanted to do in the future. But if they only do it one time, it's it's a complete, absolute asterisk by it. It is saying they won this title under not only different circumstances, Different circumstances, different rules. Fine, but right, exactly. Different rules, a different format. That that is something you denote in the record books forever. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Brett. Next week we're going to be back with another roundtable with the cams. We're going to do another what if you know moment in history if things had been different. All right, Brett. We will be back in another week. We will be diving into similarly deep and complex issues as whether Jared Dudley would be better on on camera or in the writers' room of a sitcom. Until then, I am Bill Oram, alongside Brett Dawson, from a distance. This has been Basketball Reasons on the Forum Club, part of the Athletics NBA Podcast Network. Thank you very much for listening. Remember to subscribe and read The Athletic.